millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this episode of Fan of History. Hello again, Dan. Hello, Bernie. I am uh, living the dream. You are? Yes, ever since I heard the excellent Mike Duncan podcast, History of Rome. I wanted to do one myself. And here I am, podcasting about all of Roman history. And at this rate, we'll be done in the year 2138 or something. (laughs) Probably. But I have very much... uh, Assume the role of the Roman podcaster in this podcast. You seem to be the case. Yes, I'm very happy to do Roman history, even if it is quite legendary at this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you all about the legends. Yeah, something is going on. There is that Cloaca Maxima. It's there in Rome at this time. So somebody built it. Right. But first, news from you. Yeah. I have some news, though. If you remember, it was a few years ago. Yeah, it was pre-pandemic. We did a, we used to have, Caitlin used to help me with the podcast, and then we did a, an episode together, her and I, about Tapudi. We did about one episode on a few famous women in Mesopotamia, and this one was named Tapudi, if you recall. And she was like the first scientist ever, not the first woman scientist, like the first actual scientist and recorded in history. And she used to make perfume. And she used to. She also made like solvents, and she made a still and all kind of stuff like that. If you guys heard that episode, well, anyway, there's um, in Turkey. Turkey's a lot into ancient history and archaeology, probably because they have a lot of it in their country. So there was a tablet that they found. It had been found in in Mesopotamia in Baghdad, and it was a recipe for the perfume, and by Tapudi, and they actually made it. They made the perfume. The scientists, you know, t- translated the tablet as best as they could, and they 
you know, got the ingredients from it, and they made it. According to the inscriptions, it was that she used a combination of flowers, oil, calamus, cypress, myrrh, horseradish, spices, and balsam, among other ingredients to make her ancient perfume. So I'm not sure exactly what all went into it. Horseradish, that's interesting. I'm not really sure how it smelled because this is a podcast and I'm reading it. Did it kill someone? It didn't kill anyone, no. Did it summon some ancient god? No, it didn't. But they did say she used to um, work with, in the moon, under the moon when she made these things. So w- was it nice? It said it smelled good, yeah. Can you buy it? I, no, I don't see that you can buy it yet. No. This is like Table of the Gods, best four perfumes. Yeah, maybe maybe Aram, you should put the Table of the Gods. We could have a perfume in there too. We can't get them. We already have them making beer. <laughs> okay, I, I will prioritize beer before perfume. Please, please. And um, if we remember on that um, episode, we talked about whale poop being used in perfume, but they didn't use any whale poop in this particular perfume. Oh, it would be hard to get whale poop in 1200 BC. No, I think they got it. I forget what it's called, but it washes up on the shore. It's like whale poop. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, they said that because the Mesopotamian soils were so rich in fla- and fragrance and such that um, this is why they, they're, they're rich in scent culture. So all those perfumes were popular in Mesopotamia. Probably because everybody was hot and sweaty and needed perfume. Probably. <laughs> that would be a good reason. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, they invent, they, they did it. It's amazing. It's amazing the stuff they do now. Fantastic. Yeah. And like we said, Aram is doing the cookbook. He's got recipes from this time. So, and, and just a little shout out to him, man. He's got a YouTube channel now. He's got, he had like 2,000 views on his video, like within like a day. So he's doing good. And he's doing great stuff. He deserves 100,000 views. Yeah. Did you see the videos? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, check one out. I'm telling you, they're like a cut above. Check, check. They're, they're short. And they're 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 short and they're um they're a cut above like the quality they're really good he does doing a great job I yeah he's a lot great of kudos. nice guy uh, I follow him on Instagram and see the stuff he does there amazing so tell me about Rome but first remind uh, we have to remind everyone to check out our episode of what's new in history called Table of the Gods oh yes please to learn more about this amazing work he's doing yeah but now I'll talk about another amazing person Lucius. Tarquinius Priscus, the fifth king of Rome. Nice. Way back when I started this podcast in 2014, I decided that uh, he wasn't legendary. The first four kings were obviously blatantly legendary. But this guy could be real. Today, I think that he's probably legendary as well. But we have made this decision to start talking about Rome in 616 BC, and we are talking about Rome. So we're talking about Lucius Tarquinius Priscus, this Etruscan dude who shows up in Rome and takes over with his charm, his uh, wit and his intelligence and his savvy political skills. So he has ruled Rome for 38 years in 578 BC. He is credited with a lot of stuff, but not fancy legendary stuff like the four kings before him. But uh, more concrete stuff like the Cloaca Maxima and the Circus Maximus. And somebody is building things in Rome, so maybe it was him. Okay. 
Uh, I have to mention shortly the fourth king, who I think is Lenider, Ancus Martius, because he still has uh, sons around. And for some reason, these sons believe that Rome should be a hereditary monarchy, which it never was. Hmm. Right. Of course, uh, before the time of the emperors, but the kings were never hereditary. But they think that, well, our father was the king. If he wasn't legendary, at least we are here. <laughs> we are not legendary. Right. And they, they <laughs> want the kingship. Maybe they thought they were legends. We're like, we're legends. We should be a king. And they, they are now probably like in their 50s or something because uh, Lucius Tarquinius Priscus has been around for 38 years. Oh, right. And finally now they decide to assassinate him. <laughs> they waited 38 years for some reason, but now it's time to assassinate him. And to assassinate a beloved king, you have to say, he has been quite successful, you need a clever plan. Hmm. And they do have a clever plan, but they didn't count on the intelligence and cunning of Lucius Tarquinius Priscus' wife, Tanakil. Ah. So um, they decide to disguise this assassination as a riot. Ah. Which probably means they start a riot, and people are distracted by riot, at which point they hit Tarquin in the head with an axe. Good plan, though. And say that, whoa, he died in the riot. That's unfortunate. But Tanakil, upon seeing that her husband is wounded uh, with a blow to the head, with an axe, he's actually killed. But people don't know that. Uh-huh. So she and the guard, probably, take the body to somewhere where it's private. And they, they, she makes an announcement that my husband is wounded by this attack. And... Um, while he is recovering, he said that this guy, Servius Tullius, should be the regent during his uh, sickness or his um, bad health. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you remember 
Talius Servius. We talked about him earlier because of his great legendary heritage. It's very interesting. Oh yeah, he's the guy with the with the with the disembodied penis. Oh oh, yes, (laughs) he. That's how he was made. I mean, that's how he was conceived. That's one of the theories. Yes, yes, theory. Perhaps he was just uh, the son of a nobleman who Rome conquered. And then he became a slave, but he starts his life as a slave. And now he's like the most trusted guy in the kingdom by the king, who is now dead. But people don't know that. So Tarquin is dead. Servius is the regent. And Servius makes a lot of good decisions while Tarquin is not officially dead. Okay. So finally, the death becomes public knowledge, but when it becomes public knowledge, Servius already has shown his mettle, and now he's controlling Rome. So the sons of Ancus Martius flees Rome. They flee to Suessa Pomicia for some reason. Yeah. How do we know that they did it? Did anybody... Oh, I'll let you tell the story, then I'll ask it. Uh, well, it's, it's so legendary. The written sources are four or five hundred years later. Right. So uh, we have to believe them, otherwise we don't have a story at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> uh, the Senate elects Servius as the king upon them learning that Tarquin is dead. And this goes against the tradition because the people of Rome used to elect the king. They elected Lucius Tarquinius Priscus because he had charmed them. Mm-hmm. But now the Senate elects Servius because they know that we need this guy because he's a good king and uh, otherwise we would fall into chaos. Yeah. It's amazing how they can get away with that then, right? You can't just do that now. Like, well, we think, you know, we don't want Trump, so we'll just keep this guy. (laughs) Plutarch actually says that uh, Servius uh, didn't want to be the king, Uh but Tanaquil uh, persuaded him Uh that all this will fall if you don't become the king. The hero's call to action. Yes, it's all. He's not. He doesn't want the glory. He doesn't want the power. He just right. wants what's best for Rome. Right. <laughs> so the sons of Ancus Martius are now out of the picture, but Lucius Tarquinius Priscus also had sons. They could be fairly young here, ah. but he ruled for thirty-eight years, so maybe they aren't. And uh, it's quite likely that. These sons are wrong. That the, the actual guy that will be a result of uh, Lucius Tarquinius Priscus' sons, the, the final king of Rome, could very well be his grandson and not his son. Oh, okay, okay. But legend tells us that the two sons are Lucius Tarquinius. Hmm. Confusing, right? Yeah. L- Lucius Tarquinius, and he will be known as Superbus. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the way he wanted to be called. So he's Lucius Tarquinius. And then we have his uh, smaller brother, Aaron's, his younger brother, Aaron's Tarquinius. That's it? Nothing so fancy? Not... Well, he has some characterization. His Aaron's, Aaron's is mild and unassuming. Oh. Whereas Lucius Tarquinius, who will be known as Superbus, yeah. is, of course, ambitious and proud. Maybe the other guy's name is like Chillus or something. Aaron's <laughs> Tarquinius Chillis. <laughs> he seems to be a nice guy, actually, Aaron's. Yeah, such a nice guy. He's like Cyrus's father. They also have a sister. Oh, do they? 
So Lucius the, wife, the, you know. Lucius the Queen's Priscus had a daughter as well. Okay. Called Tarquinius. Tarquinia. Okay. Tarquinia is the daughter of Tarquin the First. And he has already married her to Servius. So Servius Tullius is married to the princess, kind of. Okay, all right, so he's legit. But in order to cement this alliance, Tullius has also married his daughters to the sons of Lucius Tarquinius Priscus. Uh-huh. Are you with me here? Yeah, I'm kind. I'm doing my best. So we have young Lucius Tarquinius, who is married to uh, one of the daughters of Tullius. But Aaron's, the younger brother, is married to Servius Tullius' younger daughter, called Talia Minor. All so right. the older daughter is probably called Talia Major. Yeah. So I'm Tullius, my daughter is Talia. Oh, I have another daughter. Let's name her Talia as well. <laughs> it's like George Foreman. Of course, this is an effect of the three-name Roman system. So they actually have other names as well. But we know them as Talia Minor and Tal. <laughs> Talia Major. So Talia Minor is uh, younger. She's also ambitious. And she's married to Aaron's, this uh, mild and unassuming guy. Gotcha. But her sister, who is pretty weak, she's married to this ambitious son of Lucius Tarquinius Priscus. Uh-huh. So Talia Minor feels like she has the wrong brother. <laughs> she wanted the ambitious brother. All right. Mm-hmm. But Talia Minor then, the younger, more ambitious daughter married to Aaron's, she tries to convince Aaron's, you should overthrow your father-in-law. You should kill my dad and take the throne. God. But Aaron says, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I would make a very good king. Can't we just make out instead? <laughs> so she's pretty unhappy with Aaron's here. But this thing will be brewing for a long time because the Roman kings rule suspiciously long. Yeah, right. Always. So Servius Tullius is now the king and he will be the king forever. Okay. So a lot of, peace, a lot of people are pissed about Slave Boy's ascension to power. Okay, I imagine. We have King Ancus Marcius, legendary sons, and also uh, Lucius Tarquin and Aaron's who is uh, not pleased at this point, but uh, the Senate is pleased. So Slayboy is now the sixth king of Rome. Okay. Or perhaps the second, or perhaps legendary. But Perhaps. Maybe he was like a king, but there was a couple other ones in between, like with them. Maybe. You know? We have some sources that tell us about Servius Talius. Okay. And of course, the question whether he's legendary will depend on the sources the oldest surviving source for the political developments of the Roman kingdom is, what? how do you say it in English, Cicero? Oh, Cicero, yeah. Cicero. Yeah. Cicero himself, his book, The Republica. Okay. The Republica on the state, written in 44 BC. That is 534 right. years later. Right. From no information and, no, you know, taking stories. I mean, they're smart people, but... I mean, if we had to write about Columbus, Christopher Columbus, with no information, that would be pretty tough. <laughs> we also have Livy, who lives around the same time. He's a little younger than Cicero. He wrote Ab Urbe Condita, and this work gained all the confidence of the Romans. They considered Livy to be the ultimate source. He's super great. Mm-hmm. So whatever he says about service, Talius goes. All right. 
But he's also writing more than 500 years later. Yeah. We also have a near contemporary of him, uh, Dionysus of Halcanassus, and we have Plutarch, okay. who is a bit later. And they had access to sources that we don't have. Mm-hmm. And they kind of confirm what Livy says about Servius Tullius. Okay. Livy also had access to some official state records that we don't have. And he says that he excluded implausible contradictions okay. and uh, traditions that seemed fake yeah. from his work. That's what, um, that's what Herodotus always says. We also have uh, Livy's own pupil, the emperor Claudius, hmm. who has his own theory on Servius Tullius. Oh, really? Yes, because he is very interested in Etruscan tradition. All right. So he's making this much more Etruscan than all the others. Hmm. Uh, there are also some alternatives about service talis offered by Dionysus and uh, Plutarch. All right. Okay, Claudius' story of Servius tells us about an Etruscan named Maxtarna. Maxtarna means dictator. Okay. And it's a title. And this Maxtarna character shows up in all the Etruscan uh, legends that leads to Servius Tullius. And he's supposed to be the, the father of Servius Tullius, who was then killed and Servius became a, a slave. Hmm. And I don't think that Claudius is our best source yeah. for Servius Tullius. Claudius was very interested in history, and I hope we can talk more about him. Maybe. He was the only, he was the only one who survived the perch of Caligula. By feigning uh, being an imbecile. (laughs) I forget more than I remember. He also is the reason why the Romans actually conquered Britain. Because they had no need to conquer Britain. But Claudius had to consolidate his power. But these are events that are 600 years in the future. And so then he, but he was like sort of into Etruscan history. So he, and he sort of, he put this guy as more of an Etruscan. Yes. He put Servius Tullius as more of a Trotskan. And my favorite uh, contemporary source, uh, contemporary with us, that is, is, as always, Cambridge Ancient History. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have given a lot of thought to Servius Tullius. And they say, uh, quote, that Servius Tullius is too improbable a figure to have been invented. Mm-hmm. His name suggested a tale of servile origins as Servius means slave, and of special luck. Some of his real achievements increased his qualifications for being treated as a second Romulus. Hence, this twofold aspect of an Italic mythical figure and of a Greek political reformer. One of the best documented facts of his reign seems to be the foundation of a sanctuary of Diana on the Aventine as a meeting place with the other Latins. And quote, hmm. so Servius is working on the relationship to the other Latin peoples or the other Latin uh, communities mm-hmm. on the plain of Latium. And of course, they are not long for this world. They will soon be conquered by the Romans. It's like, why do they make it all up? It's, it's funny how, like, who did it? You know, when did they make up this, all this stuff? It's like you said, they probably some truth in it. And then you just had to fill in the blanks, I guess. But... We have the cult statue of this sanctuary of the Temple of Diana. Okay. Of the sanctuary of Diana. And this cult statue 
seems to be from the 6th century BC. Hmm. Um, somebody built it. Somebody built it. And of course, as the early Roman kings, Servius Tullius becomes a pig on which the Romans hang things when right. they want to explain it. But there's a lot of things hanging on Servius Tullius' pig. Like what, for example? He took the old system of three tribes and 30 curiae, which Romulus is said to have invented, and divided Roman citizenry into five classes and 193 or 194 centuries according to wealth. And this was important because this was... You wanted to be in a high class in a good century, but the higher rank you had in Roman society, the more military obligations you had. Okay. So the simple army of Romulus is here revised into a much better working army. Ah, they'll need that. And... For some reason, this becomes pretty Greek. They have hoplites. They have two types of cavalrymen. And this seems to be the military order of Rome at this time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Everybody else is probably using that around the area. The Etruscans were probably influenced by the Greeks by this time. Yeah, but the Greek hoplites have not been super successful yet. So the great age of the hoplites is still a bit ahead of us. Oh, yeah. Servius Tullius also, not elected by the people, he managed to reduce the power of the people in Rome. So the tradition of the General Assembly of the Romans is now less important because now you can assemble the classes Ah. and make decisions with them. This will, of course, come tumbling down with the fall of the kings. Right. But now the, the classes... Uh, are summoned to approve laws and uh, do things. So the people get less power and the powerful people get more power. Mm-hmm. It seems that if this is true, Servius Tullius worked to put the power in Rome in the hands of the wealthy. Seems to be. And this will not be popular once the kings go down. So we'll talk more about that in 509 BC. That's when the kings go down. Well, we are not done putting things on Servius Tullius' uh, peg. All right. Uh, he also gets uh, coinage. Oh, yeah, that'd be around now. This is probably not true. We have no no coins of this era in uh, in Italy. Okay. I don't think even the Etruscans have coin, coins at this point. No, the Greeks are probably just starting to. We're at 570s, right? Yeah. He's also attributed to building the Roman walls. And the, Roman, the, Rome, the walls against Rome will be known as the Servian walls until they are rebuilt. But archaeology says that uh, we can find nothing warlike uh, that is older than the fourth century BC. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they call the all they call the current the, the walls that they had for centuries the Servian walls, but they weren't his walls. Maybe they were. There are some archaeologists that have found traces of a more primitive system of fortification. But when the Romans talk about the Servian walls. They don't mean primitive fortifications. Right, 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 right. They're later, but they peg him on him. Exactly. Aha. Where those walls come from, Servius? I guess the Romans had some sort of walls as soon as they started fighting other people. Like they have done plenty of times under the earlier kings. We, we talked about Lucius Tarquinius Priscus beating up other tribes and peoples. Yeah. And they probably had walls of some kind. Of course. It's probably so easy to start a rumor, right? Like it was just like somebody said, hey, 
you know, hey, Dad, how did those walls come up? And, oh, Servius did it. And then just one, you know, kept going, I heard Servius made them and then they become his walls. I mean, it's not that simple, obviously. but And, of course, one fact that talks against Servius Tullius being a real person is that he will also be around forever. Yeah. Like Lucius the Queen's Priscus, he will actually be the king of Rome until 535. That means that he will be with us in this podcast almost as long as Cyrus the Great. Hmm. Cyrus is a real person, though, for sure. We know that. Yes, Cyrus is uh, a more much more real person than right. Servius Tullius, who might be a real person. Right. But Cyrus, we know, existed. Like, what if they had, like, let's say during the time of Servius Tullius, there was four kings, but Servius Tullius was the best one. So maybe they just, like, use him for everything that happened. Yeah, the kings are so important to Romans later that something must have made them this important. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just the last king. This yeah. is number six. Right. So there's just one to go. Mm-hmm. And spoiler, it is the son or grandson of Lucius Aquinas Priscus. And he was not conceived by a floating penis. Uh, not as far as we know. <laughs> in, in 575, uh, it's also the year in which the main temple of Jupiter Optimus Maximus is built. All right. Uh, so there are temples and public buildings coming up in Rome. And as I said, we do have some amazing archaeological finds like the Cloaca Maxima, from this era. So things are happening in Rome. Yeah, they definitely are. We could archaeologically finding these things that we know are for, last for longer. Yeah, they're moving along. They're moving along in Rome for sure. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One thing that talks against Servius Tallius being an Etruscan or being the son of Maxtarna, or maybe they're already just uh, inter-warfare between the Etruscans, is that he's actually at war with the Etruscan, mm-hmm. with some Etruscans in this uh, decade. So on the 25th of November, 571, he celebrates a triumph for his victory over the Etruscans. Oh. So good work, Servius Tullius. Good work, Servius Tullius. It also makes you think about that Rome is still a pretty insignificant place. It's yeah. just one Etruscan slash Latin city in Latium. And there are powerful players nearby of similar size. So if one of these battles go wrong, it could mean the end of Rome. Like it will mean the end of other towns nearby. Right. But Servius Tullius wins and keeps the ball rolling. 
And this insignificant town will then become a sprawling empire, but that will take some time. It will. Well, it's it's funny, isn't it? How when we do this, how we do it, you know, year by year, it's like we know what's going on in China. They have this like a nascent empire being started. You know, that's they're definitely more advanced than they are in Rome. But those will be the two polar of ancient history, right? Ancient Chinese and the ancient Romans, eventually. Yes. And the Persians too. So we have Cyrus the Great now in Persia. We have Nebuchadnezzar. We have Rome with an, its second to last king. And we have all this drama going on in the central plains of China. And all the Medes and Persians. Yeah. When we get when we get to the Medes in this decade, I will actually present a theory that the Medes uh, maybe did not exist. What? <laughs> but I'll, I'll get to that later. Oh, those decades of the Assyrians beating up the Medes. Oh, the, the Medes did exist, but maybe not their empire. Oh, I see. Well, I'll wait to hear about that. But the one thing to remember here is that Rome at this point is any little town in a backwater. They do have access to Etruscan knowledge, and Etruscans are influenced by the Greeks. Yeah. So they are fairly civilized. Yeah. But uh, the further you go south in Italy, the less civilization you encounter, unless it's a Greek colony. Yeah, then you hit the Greeks. Yes. Yeah, right. But for example, the powerful Samnite tribe is nearby and it will take the Romans many, many, many years to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I want to thank our patrons. Oh, that's a great idea. They love these guys. Because Patreon is super important to us and will help us keep going. So yeah. uh, thank you very much. And now I will give you... I will shout out your names as... Um, when I started podcasting, I only podcasted in English for some reason. And I learned from American podcasts. And Americans really love to have their names shouted out in podcasts. It's my general conception. And when I tried this in Sweden, people were like horrified. <laughs> they didn't want their names revealed on the podcast. Uh-huh. But in order to honor all our American friends and some Swedes here as well, I want to give a personal big thank you to the following people. John Looney, The Endless Knot Podcast, Nicholas Barton, Eva Martinsson, our producer, actually. Thank you. Another fan of history, great name. It is. Matt McGovern. Hey, Matt. Johan Streng. Can you say that, Bernie? Johan Streng. Pretty close. <laughs> And now I get to eat it up because here's a, a name I will surely not pronounce correctly. So please forgive me. Costas Sturgio. That sounded pretty good. And thank you to Roland Magnusson, Martin Olsson, Chris Cork, Sir Robert. And that's a sir in the Game of Thrones way with S-E-R. Ah, Frank you. Hick. Nancy Jo Kirk. Paul Glazer. G.L. Michael Big Familiars, Morgan Clements, and Donna Marie Jeffcoat. I hope I got all of those right. Yeah, one was, you said GL, but it was JL. JL, sorry. Yeah, that's great. I would love to hear from you guys, too. If you ever want to send me a message on Facebook, you can call me. Call me on Facebook if you want. I don't care. <laughs> you can also email us on, everybody can do this, on yeah. simwaypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Simway podcast with, uh, what do you call it in English, a set? A, a Z, you call it a Z, and it's the last letter of the alphabet. 
Z in Swedish. Aha. This uh, email address goes to, goes to Eva Martinsson, who is my producer and will it works for all of my podcasts. So yeah, definitely send an email and if you want to, if it's for me, Dan and Eva will forward it to me. Yes, and please give us iTunes reviews yeah. if you have if you're listening on an Apple device, because we will read them in the podcast, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> if we find them, we'll find them if they are in Sweden or in the US. Yeah, and I think you could give reviews on Spotify too, if that's where you listen. I know you can't put reviews on Google Podcasts or YouTube. And tell your friends to come here and hear the entire history of the Assyrian Empire. Hmm. I also want to mention to our Swedish listeners that work is progressing on the Swedish History Podcast. That's awesome. Its preliminary name is Historienördarpodden, which means History Nerd Podcast. Nice! <laughs> because it rhymes with my biggest podcast, Seriemördarpodden. Oh, perfect. The, the serial killer podcast in Swedish. Uh, that will be a podcast in Swedish. I'm doing it with Cornelia Boberg, who is doing all of the work. And I'm just promoting it and being there and smiling. Nice. We will jump around in history in a crazy fashion. Not at all this uh, chronological narrative that you get here. I might reuse some of our episodes for that podcast in Swedish. Uh, I'm thinking of Hanno yeah. first. But also... Uh, Semiramis. Oh, yeah. And it sort of contains stories like that, or the yeah. biggest part of all time. Yeah. You got the Assyrian Empire, too, like the... Oh, that would be a big series for the Historian oh, gotcha. History Nerd podcast. But we might do it. Uh, we are launching with 10 episodes at a time, and hopefully sometime in 2023. We are covering very different subjects. There will be an episode called The Day the Dinosaurs Died. Wow. And there will be an episode about the Swedish candidate for becoming prime minister, Mona Salin, who bought a piece of chocolate for government money. And then it became a huge scandal wow. called the Toblerone Affair. <laughs> for one piece of chocolate <laughs> with government money. Yes, it was worth uh, perhaps a dollar, but wow. it cost her a lot. <laughs> wow, you guys are tough there. We could have a rev- our presidents could like throw revolutions and it, it's okay. <laughs> we will also do an Icelandic serial killer no. called Axlar Björn who finds a magic axe on a mountain and starts hacking people to pieces with it. That's scary as shit. <laughs> and the most controversial subject at all uh, of, of all of them for the first episode is the historic- historicity of Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. I want to talk to you about that. Can we do that on here too? We can. Yeah. It's, we can bring Cornelia on and talk about well, that'll it. That will be amazing, because that's actually a um, topic of my enjoyment. Because you heard her speak English. She, she's much better than I am. You speak English fine. But she read uh, Alice in Wonderland for you. For oh, our okay. Book. Yes, yeah, that's yes. Her. Oh, perfect. So that's coming up. And now we'll go somewhere else in the 570s. Somewhere. Next time we'll have to figure it out. Where are we going to go? You yeah. think Greece? I also have a little thing to tell you about uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, of course, yeah. And I'll find some, I'm going to find some stuff out too. I don't think we have anything on Cyrus because he's still a kid. He's just a kid now. In the 570s? Yeah. yeah, he's born. Yeah, he's just a kid. 550s is when he comes around, I believe, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. We also might have an update on Jerusalem. 
after the oh okay uh, yeah captivity yeah 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 right 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 because Cyrus is gonna do yeah let's not talk about it. <laughs> no, let's not spoil it. No spoilers. But yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. We're, I'm, it used to be that it took me a while. I mean, like, it took me a while just to find enough stuff to make an episode. But now it takes me a while to, like, weed through it. You know, there's a lot of information. It's definitely not like the 980s BC. Oh, you must have had a hard time with that. I could Yes. I'll tell you. That was when back when we could make a decade in a single episode. Yeah, right. And uh, even that was hard. Yeah, I know. I remember having a hard time finding stuff on certain certain times, but now we're like, there's a lot of information, so that's good. Plus, I, I think we know where to find stuff better. And in the 560s, Rome will be back. All right. But we will be back still at more 570s. Yeah. Always a pleasure talking to you, Bernie. Always a pleasure talking to you, Dan. See you later. See you later. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon patreon.com slash fan of history. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.